0: Welcome to Geek and Friends, I am your host, Scott Davis, right alongside me, Lieutenant Junior Grade, Jason Hickey. I have arrived. Yes, just because we're going to be going lower decks, and I don't want you to, want you to be on lower decks right now. Good, because they sleep in a hallway. <laughs> I brought you away from the lower deck.
1: Well, thank you. It's nice to have my own quarters. Yes. Yes. Well, it is time to talk about episodes 7 and 8 of Star Trek Lower Decks Season 2. Yes. Now, we're only doing two episodes this week because we want to do two with the finale, and there's ten episodes, and they were not nice enough, like, what if, to have a divisible of three, so.
0: Star Trek, what what can you do? They're
1: giving us more than we asked for, so we should be grateful, Scott. I know. (laughs) Episode seven, where pleasant fountains lie. Now, this is kind of a little different in that it's given us a little bit more on one of the senior officers, not necessarily a lower decker. Right. We're learning more about Billups, the chief engineer.
0: Yes. And we learned that he has not had sex ever. Right. And there's a good reason for it. Exactly. And he will not have sex unless he chooses to become the king of Hyperion. It's Hyperion, right? I don't remember the name of the planet. Sure. (laughs) All I know
1: is it's a renaissance planet. Yes. Where all the people who were fans of the renaissance... Went and settled this planet and gave all their technology cool magic names. Yes. They're flying a dragon. It's it's pretty sweet. I mean, wouldn't you love to fly a dragon? This would be a fun culture to be a part of, you know, certain aspects of it. (laughs) The whole weird, you know, his mother's trying to get him to have sex with someone because as soon as he does that, he's obligated to take the throne, which that's kind of a weird monarchy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And being the fact that his mother doesn't know which, you know, which one he likes, she has both a male and a female guard.
1: Oh, well, I was very considerate of her.
0: Very considerate.
1: Yes. So, you're probably asking, what the crap is going on?
0: Well, we're going to start off first with like the opening of the show. Ransom was down on the planet, and he picked up a I had to pick up a ascension ai that was actually trying to take over the world or a world <laughs> a-, a world and he took it took it down took it apart and takes it in and they like okay well we need to have this to be sent to the Daystrom institute yes and so we're gonna have uh mariner and boimler do that sounds like a great job for them sure sure so they they take the ai throw it into a uh into a and they're on their way to the is troop mm. now do you know who was the voice of the ai i
1: 100 percent know who the voice of the ai was
0: i was when i was watching i was just like he sounds so familiar <laughs> who is this he
1: should sound familiar because this is trek royalty i think this is the 10th or 11th character he's done this is jeffrey combs I shrugged. (laughs) You of all people should know who this was because you have just recently finished Star Trek Enterprise, where he plays a major role as Commander Shran.
0: I I do know that, yes, but I said his voice sounded familiar, so it, it did sound familiar, but I wasn't like, oh, that's Combs right from the voice. Well... Because he was doing a voice. It wasn't him, you know, doing Strange voice or something like that right, right away. It was doing a voice of... I
1: don't know. He's got a very distinctive voice. Yeah. So anyway, yes. Jeffrey Combs does the voice of the malevolent AI.
0: Yes, yes. We'll get back into that story in a bit. It's uh, You know, it's not that... There's not really much happening in there, but we'll get back to that story. It, in a bit. it has a
1: good point that I want to touch on, but we'll do that closer to the end. Because, honestly, we need to talk about Billups.
0: Yeah, we need to talk about Billups. We need to talk about... You know, pretty much the rest of the Cerritos, because everything else in the Cerritos happens with... Now, in the grand tradition of Trek, mothers are
1: a pain in the butt. The best example of this is Loxana Troy, Mm. who just tormented Deanna every time she came to the Enterprise in TNG.
0: I thought that was just a way to get Majora Barrett on the show.
1: Well, it was, but, you know, the character was annoying, (laughs) and and she tormented Deanna. Mm. So... Billups has the same problem. His mother, he does not enjoy talking to her because every time he does, she basically tries to guilt trip him into taking the throne because he abdicated in order to join Starfleet. He left behind his cool renaissance planet to join Starfleet. Yes. And I guess the only way he can take the throne is if he has sex.
0: I think so, yeah. It it was in, in order for him to ascend to the throne, he had to uh, lose his virginity. It's either the only way, or it's the path of least resistance, because
1: that's what she keeps trying to do. Every time she sees him, she tries to hook him up with someone, which is weird and more than a little creepy for his mother to be doing that.
0: But every mother wants a grandchild.
1: It's still weird and creepy, because she's not going for grandchildren. She's just going to get his virginity taken. Well, that too. (laughs) In this episode, they're apparently having problems with their ship, so... She wants the best engineer in Starfleet to come and fix it, which is her son. And Phillips, because, he, you know, he t- has taken a shine to Rutherford. And he doesn't trust his mother. And he doesn't trust his mother. Invites Rutherford to help him. Which leads to a very funny thing where Rutherford tries to assign a cool medieval name to it, and it just doesn't work.
0: Well, I mean, his mother and everyone in there is calling everything by a you know medieval fantasy name. And then he goes to, he's like, oh, the fairy dust is not working with the elf magic. And, and Billups is like, no. Just no. Don't yeah, do it.
1: Don't do it. <laughs> so, you know, their repairs repairs underway. Billups goes back to the ship. And there is then an explosion on this other ship. I can't remember the name of the species. It's not important. And in this explosion, everyone in the area seems to have died, including Billups' mother and Rutherford.
0: Yes. And Billups is like, oh, my mom died. I have to be king now. Mm-hmm. I have to have sex with someone. Yes. I don't want to, but I have to. Yes. <laughs> it's just like, it's like you see the pain in his face, the fact that he has to. Yeah. But then Tendy is told by Dr. Tiana that she comes in and she's like, oh, Tendy, I have some, you know, I have some bad news. It's going to, and Tendy's like, oh, oh, what's, what's going on? What's wrong? And then she's like, oh, Rutherford, your friend. It's like, oh, what happened? He's dead. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, she goes into a tale and is like, no, no, he can't be dead. No, no. And she's like, I have to find out oh, now, what, hell, what in the <laughs> hell happened for my Rutherford? Yes, because she cannot take him
1: dying, almost dying again, because no. this is a trend with him. So she goes to investigate while Billups is getting ready to do the deed with a pair of his mother's guards. Yep, that
0: male-female pair we told you about.
1: Yes, and and he's taking his time because he, he's super awkward.
0: He Probably going to cut this out. He can't get it up.
1: You <laughs> Billups is having performance issues. <laughs> he, he can't get his warp drive to engage. So it's it's taking longer than it really should to, you know, do the deed. Which is great because Tendi does the smart thing and scans the ship and looks for his uh, Rutherford's bionic implant.
0: Yes, and she finds the implant in some offshoot of the ship and there she sees Rutherford... Phyllis' mother, a bunch of people Mm -hmm. having a big dinner. Uh, They were not having a big dinner, Scott. Having a feast. They were having a feast. They were having a feast. (laughs) I apologize.
1: I can't believe you. If I I remember correctly, there were turkey legs and everything.
0: There were. There were. (laughs) Because, I mean, you go to a Renaissance fair. Yep. You go there and you have turkey legs. I know this because I went to a Renaissance fair. I asked Jason to go, (laughs) and he said no.
1: I you asked me like the day before. And it was a week before. A week before, whatever. It was. It was very short notice. Anyway, um, Billups is you know while these. Tendy finds Rutherford and tells him what happened and that Billups is you know getting ready to do the dirty. And Rutherford's not okay with this because Rutherford loves Billups. Yes. Not like a weird love, but like no. It's it's his boss. He respects him. He respects the love he has for the ship. Mm-hmm. He respects his mechanical ability, and he doesn't want him to have to do something. That he doesn't want to do.
0: And so Rutherford just starts running. He runs past like guards and knights and horses. And yes, there's horses on the ship.
1: Yes, <laughs> because of course there are.
0: And, and he's like, runs through the ship. And then he gets onto the Cerritos and runs through the Cerritos to get to, uh, finally gets to Billups' quarters and, Stop, sir, I'm alive. Your mom's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Billups did not have to go through with it. He confronted his
1: mother and he did not have to... Do the deed. No, and that's pretty much that part of the story. Yeah, that that's that part of the plot, and that was the Cerritos and everybody else. Now the other part is Boimler and Mariner taking this sentient AI. Now they get to a certain point. I don't remember what happened with the. They. I like, honestly tra- don't remember how they went down. That so, that part's blanking on me.
0: Yeah. So they were they were traveling, and then all of a sudden the I don't remember if they got attacked or something, uh but they got shot down. I I think it was
1: a like a okay.
0: This is very Star Trek.
1: It was a planetary anomaly because if I remember right, there was a lot of crashed ships. Mm-hmm. So this has happened to a lot. And now yeah. it's happened to them. So their shuttle is toast and they need to go and find some way to contact the Cerritos so they can get picked up.
0: Yes. And they have to take this sentient AI with them. Well, that's because it's such an AI who wants to constantly just like reach its tentacles out to, right. to try to connect oh, or whatever. Plug me in and I will help you. That was the joke throughout the entire thing.
1: Uh-huh. And it there starts to become a, a little bit of a division between Mariner and Boimler because Boimler wants to plug the thing in to get the help because without it, they're going to die. And Mariner's like, well, Boimler, you're an idiot. And this is why I got you taken off of this important thing,
0: which she did because Mariner is terrible. Well, what happened was the AI actually got attached to Mariner's pad. Yeah. And after it got connected to the pad, it downloaded the information of the, of the video of Mariner telling Ransom to, oh, put, because uh, Boimler was supposed to do something important that, yes. they, that he was supposed to do. But then he was taken off of that important thing and put onto this boring, boring transport job. And that's because Mariner went to ransom and said, hey, I don't think Boimler's ready. So bring, put him on this right now. Now, can we just quick acknowledge that she's terrible for doing that? Yeah, she, we already know that.
1: Yeah, OK. <laughs> just as long as we're going to acknowledge that because then we can move on. So they, they get into a fight and Boimler actually shoots her. Stomps well, I mean, yeah, he stuns her. He did not kill her, but he he shot her. And then he takes the, the the AI to this ship that's relatively intact that he can plug him into and use his power.
0: So he takes it, pushes it onto the shelf, plugs it in, and then all of a sudden you hear Jeffrey ha, I have the power. I have everything. And he's like, you see visions of like other AI bots coming out. Like it's all like like very um, Ultron, a very Ultron like. And then Mariner comes in. And she's like, Boimler, Boimler, what'd you do? And Boimler says, I plugged him into the navigation computer. No, no. Boimler says, I plugged him into the lights. Oh, he the th- lights, yeah. He, he thought I plugged him into the nav computer, yeah, but nope, cool no, nope. yeah. I just plugged him into the lights. Because all he needed was his power. Yep. See, the AI thought he was tricking Boimler mm. to get him into something. But Boimler. Boimler actually tricked him just because he needed the power. He didn't trick him. him.
1: The AI got boimlered.
0: <laughs> yes, the AI got boimlered. <laughs>
1: This is one more step into the, I don't know if I want to say awesomification of Boimler, but Boimler has gone through a lot and he's changed a lot from what he was.
0: From the episode of the one of the series.
1: beginning of the series, he was super green. He had no idea about anything. No. But now, I mean, if you if you take the experiences that he's had on the show and, you know, even off screen with the stuff that he went through on the Titan, he's got a lot more going on now.
0: Yeah, he, he has had development. Yeah. And as we've said multiple times on this podcast, probably off the podcast too, because we actually do talk to each other off the podcast. Surprisingly. (laughs) But what we've said is we love character development. Yes.
1: Character development is key. If you're not going to have character development, then what are you doing? Exactly. But that's,
0: um, yeah. So then they got uh, rescued by some other Starfleet vessel. Mm -hmm. And then they got to the Daystrom Institute, dropped off the evil Jeffrey Combe AI thing. And they just take it and put it into a box of other AI boxes. Mm-hmm. And they're all like, no, I'm going to control the world. No, I am going to control the world. No, I am going to control the world.
1: One of my favorite things is that the the AI keeps trying to tell them, oh, t- I want to go to, st- I'm reformed. I want to go to Starfleet Academy. And <laughs> just, just lie in the entire yeah. time. It's great. Uh, so that was a pretty good one. Yes. Now we've got I excretus yes which is a weird name but okay
0: well excretus yes i mean it's it's making fun of locutus
1: and it's poop definitely poop (laughs) so uh the ship first off the cold open because it actually plays a part later on in the episode you've got our four main characters spacewalking on a, a satellite array fixing it and then just you know enjoying the
0: Beauty of space when the Cerritos leaves them there. Well, I mean, the Cerritos did get a hail for something important.
1: Yes, they did. And, and they left them there.
0: Yeah. Well, that's because Freeman never thinks of her lower decks. Yeah.
1: Because Freeman's terrible. I. That's another thing that it, it really has uh, kind of cemented in this season is that Freeman's kind of a terrible captain.
0: Freeman's a very bad captain.
1: I mean, she's a micromanager, and then, like, one minute she's a micromanager, and then the next minute she will forget that she's got crewmen spacewalking and yeah. almost kill all three, of them, four of them. One of them being even her daughter. Yeah. Freeman sucks as a captain. Exactly. It is no wonder she's on a California class.
0: <laughs> so they go off to the thing and and the four are out there and they're like, how much oxygen do they have? <laughs> and then we see six hours later. Yeah. And then- so they have at least six yeah. hours of oxygen. Exactly. So
1: after this happens, there is a... Kind of an efficiency expert mm-hmm. coming to the ship, and and this species, which honestly, the name of the species is blowing my mind right now. I can't remember it, but they were actually on the original animated series.
0: Uh, they, I mean, is it just the three parts that can be able to float separately, or is, do they have different parts of the body that can float? I believe it's just the three parts, because okay. this species can split
1: off, and their three parts can work independently. And it's the legs, the torso, and the head. Yeah, which happens
0: in this. Well, she does it as a joke.
1: Really. Yeah. Well, because she's one of those people who comes in to, like, try and teach your office, you know, team building exercises. And, mm-hmm. and they're really terrible. And they don't work. And no one actually wants to do it. She's kind of doing the same thing. Except I think her... I think what she does actually looks like a lot of fun. So she's got all these individual... Well, I'm
0: sorry. But if you have the ability to get into a deck and just be able to be a captain for a short period of time and mm-hmm. do... Hol- yeah, that that would be fun. I mean majority of these team building team evaluation things are take this test. Uh-huh. Do this thing. You are this this this. Yes. The
1: kicker about this is these are like individual holodecks. They're not the big rooms that we always see on the show. They're like built for one person. Mhm. I think that's cool.
0: Now, did you see the list of Oh yeah. Exams? It was they almost all episodes.
1: It was all like TNG and TOS episode. And they were they were like the episode names too. Yeah. Because they had on the bottom of the list, it was the Naked Time, which Mariner had to do that episode.
0: (laughs) The Naked Time. Well, she
1: had to do a a variation of that episode. So what they're doing is they are taking the crew and they're kind of swapping their places Mm -hmm. and having the lower decks do command decisions to see how they do. And then the upper decks, which we got to come up with a different name.
0: Command staff is what it's called. Command staff. That's what they call them in in, in the show.
1: Okay. The command staff has to do like lower deck duties to see how they do. And now the Lower Decks, they're super pumped because they get to finally make important decisions.
0: But every single one of them fails, except for Boimler. Yes. Who gets, I think the first time he gets like a 67. You know? He passed. He passed, but he's like, no, I can do better. I can do better. <laughs> and so his event was, he has to go through and escape the board, pretty mm-hmm. much, but He just keeps on doing it over and over and over. And each time he does it, he gets a little higher. Right. And it's great because you see little progressions like, hey, he rescued the Borg babies. Hey, he's
1: got, like, drones in tow. And it's just weird crap like that. Yeah. But while this is all going on, you've got, like, Tendi has to... She went back to the episode where Worf broke his back and he wanted to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. And she's trying to make this Klingon in this program comfortable and... Just losing points because she's not helping him kill himself.
0: As a Klingon, you're just supposed to kill them. Yep. Even As though for, that's not what Crusher did. No, I know. <laughs> As for Rutherford, he goes in and he's pretty much just doing, you know, Star Trek 3. Uh two. He's going yeah, it's Rathacon, Sorry. He's doing he's going in two for Ratha where you have he's gonna go and, you know, eject the warp core.
1: Yeah. Which is pretty great. Uh warp core breach, need to eject warp core. Okie dokie.
0: <laughs> Tries to open the door,
1: burns the sand, it's like no. Birds again! Ow! <laughs> yeah, and then you you see the Enterprise blow up. Yeah. Um, and then Mariner, you got to see a whole bunch of them, and you got to watch her fail in all of them.
0: Yeah. So Mariner had one where she, it was during the naked time where she saw a naked Boimler spread eagle, and then we all yeah. saw naked. We actually saw everyone in the crew naked. I was gonna say
1: there was an orgy going on <laughs> in the cafeteria.
0: Yes, with a naked uh, Shaxx having a naked uh, Doctor Tana. All over him, scratching him. It was disturbing. Yes. And then Phillips was riding some other guy. I think Phillips I think is gay. I mean, that's... It, he is. <laughs> Whatever. That's fine. I don't care. Okay. But... <laughs> it is what it is, right? So we have that We have that one. Then we have one where it was like old western. Yep. Then we have a... What else was one of the Mariner ones?
1: Uh, she did a Mirrorverse one.
0: She did a Mirrorverse one, yeah. Where
1: she tried to... Play everyone like she was super evil, and then she ended up getting killed by Mirror Bormler. Yep. Who had a goatee, of course. Of course. That's how you have. That's how you know someone's a mirror. They have a goatee. Goatee means you're evil. Mm-hmm. That's why Scott grows one occasionally. I do not have a goatee. I have a beard. Right now you do. I've seen pictures. You,
0: you've actually seen me in real life of a goatee, yes. Yes. Yes, I've seen that, too.
1: And, and like I said, all of the, everything they're doing calls back to some original or TOS episode, or TOS or TNG episode. Mm-hmm. And they're just, they're failing left and right. Now, the command staff, they think they've got it super easy because they get to be lower deckers. There's no responsibilities. They're just laying around, in, you know, complete with Ta'ana curled up by Shax's feet because she's a freaking cat. Mm-hmm. But then there's an emergency. And during this emergency where the ship is being boarded and they have to fight off the invaders, they have to go stack crates in the cargo
0: bay. Well, it, that was their hollow deck program. Yes. It was the emergency. And all they're doing is stacking and stacking and they're not stacking and they're not even doing it in enough Well, time. it's because they're
1: hexagonal things and they can't do it. But every time somebody comes in, they're like, oh, tell us what's going on. That's a terrible stack. You need to redo it.
0: And then they're like, oh, the Klingons are boarding and attacking or the Romulans are attacking or you see them dressed in some other random outfits. And uh,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: And then there, there's one where
1: the command staff and the lower decks have to do a bridge scenario, but their roles are
0: swapped. Yeah. They don't even get that one off the ground because Captain Freeman so and Mariner just... This was the Star Trek 3 one where they were stealing the Cerritos yes. out of space dock. And they were trying to get it out of the space dock before space, they were going to get captured. And they couldn't even get it near the end of space dock. And just See, like-
1: it just proves that they ain't Kirk.
0: Nope. <laughs> and finally... They're ready to get... They're about to get graded. The ladies, you know, pretty much failing everyone. But then she's like, well, as soon as the last one finishes, then I'll fail you. Right. And then once we are failed, we're just going to repurpose all of you. Everyone's going to get to a different ship and repurpose the ship. Right. And the last one is Boimler. Yes, because you said he just keeps on going over and over because he keeps on doing really well. And Boimler is
1: about to get 100% on this when he gets the call that he's just got to drag it out because they need time. And he's like... But but I just beat the Borg Queen in chess. I gave her emotions. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's pretty great. And do you know who voiced the Borg Queen?
0: This was actually voiced by the original Queen. Yep, Alice Cridge. Pretty great. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So then they start to... He has to go and just constantly, you know, just... Undo,
1: undo everything, everything that every he did one. while... Freeman takes the ship into various dangerous situations to show this person. She doesn't know what she's talking about because she's never been out of a classroom.
0: Yeah, so they actually go to the crystalline entity. Yes, <laughs> they actually then they go somewhere else as dangerous. And this isn't holodeck stuff. This is actually yeah. just taking the ship and going there. Right, and and the crew is just huh, oh, okay. Yeah, the, it pretty much shows you what the crew looks like, like because normally in the shows you just see command staff the command staff the main bridge but here you see the crew sitting in like 10 forward or something and they're just like oh crystal entity oh okay whatever and they go back to do whatever they were doing unless they get a call from the bridge they're like we don't care
1: yeah when in fact the crystal entity is pretty terrifying yeah but it's not here. though they're like uh this person just agrees to admit that they cheated because their job was about to be phased out as it should be because nobody likes efficiency experts and Boimler's finally able to get out. There's a problem, though. He's been he's been assimilated by Holodeck Borg.
0: Yes, he has been assimilated to be Excretus of Borg. Yes. Like I said at the beginning, it's the take on Lacutus, And a poop joke. And a poop joke. Because <laughs> Jason likes his poop jokes. I, I'm not the one who made the poop joke. The poop joke is in the title of the episode. It's all because they know people like Jason like the poop joke.
1: Oh, that's what it is. Okay. So... That's the episode.
0: That is the episode.
1: Again, we're getting another step into the, you know, showcasing that Boimler is not the little loser that he was in the beginning because he beat the snot out of that Borg scenario. He was doing really well up until the point where he had to.
0: Until he had to purposely fail. Until he had to stretch it. Yeah. Until then, he was totally fine. But if he didn't have to stretch it, and the, here's the thing, he was in there saying, "Oh, I know nothing's bad is going to happen to me, so I'm just going to keep on doing it." Yeah, like, "Oh, I know." So when his when he has the feeling that he's not going to be harmed, he has extremely high confidence, which lets him do what he needs to do. Mm-hmm. When he's in something where he doesn't, he hasn't been doing it multiple times, or he hasn't been around it too much, he doesn't have the confidence. So all we got to do is he's
1: got to, you know, transfer that confidence into everyday situations and he will be a
0: fantastic officer he could he could be Mm-hmm.
1: that's just you know eventually we're gonna see captain boimler on another show it's gonna be great eventually especially if they haven't played by jack quaid yes
0: but not now now we're gonna be ending
1: yes because we got two more episodes to go
0: on this that is true mm-hmm. well i have been your geek scott i have been your geek jason thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of your day